I'm, I'm thinking, who came with an appetite tonight? Yeah. Because the Bible says those who hunger and thirst, those, those are the ones that are going to be filled. If you're not hungry, I can't help you tonight. You know, I can't, you're not going to get anything if you're not hungry for what's being offered. Amen. For the word that's being offered, you're not going to get anything. And so it's up to you to just decide tonight. Maybe you didn't come in here hungry and thirsty, but maybe you can decide right now. I'm going to be hungry and thirsty for the word. Uh, and you're going to get something tonight. Amen. And I've already been praying. And I just, I just, I'm trusting God that he has some things for us tonight. And we're going to get everything. Everything. <laughs> the, the Kentucky way you say it. Everything. Praise God. Well, on Wednesday nights, Chris has been talking about, we've started a prayer series, right? Started a prayer series. And I'm just going to pick up where he left off last Wednesday night. Amen. We'll just keep in that flow because prayer is important to our Christian life, isn't it? Yes. And how many could say that just on the landscape of Christianity or people you know, there's a lot of prayer going on. There's a lot of prayer. People, people all over. I'm praying for this, praying for that. You know, there's lots of prayer going on. But how much results is going on? And that's, you know, there's, sometimes there's just no results. There's a lot of praying and there's no results. And we know it's not God. God's not the problem. So, um, I've been listening to Brother Hagen, so. Maybe I'll pick up some things and we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll start hearing some Brother Hagen coming out. But, you know, when we get scriptural, we'll get results. That's the key right there. When we get scriptural with praying, then we're going to get results. Amen. Amen. And we, because I think we think, well, God's love, God's mercy, and he's just going to expect any old thing we throw out there, any old way we want to do it, right. and just expect him to conform to that. Right. Right. But it doesn't work that way. No. Who who sets the rules in the house? Right. The parents set the rules in the house. Amen. Or they should, anyway. The parent sets the rules in the house, and he's our parent. And he sets the rules. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's look at, this is kind of a text scripture in John 15. I want to be good at prayer. And prayer is a lot of things. Simply put, if I was trying to explain prayer to somebody... That's just doesn't know, you know, it's not familiar with Christianity or God or anything. I would, prayer, it's a lot of things. Prayer is uh, talking to God. Like if I say I'm going to go pray about something, that just means I'm going to go talk to the boss about it. (laughs) I'm going to go talk to the one who can do something. Amen. But uh, we can be, it's fellowship. It's a relationship. It's it's talking to God. It's, It's a lots of different things. But what we've been focused on is the praying that obtains something, right? right? And Brother Hagen, I do not have this book out there, I'm sorry to say. It's called, uh, very, well, you know what, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I'll figure it out. But it goes over all the different kinds of prayers. Because there are many types of prayers, okay? We're talking about the kind of prayer that goes to God and makes a request and obtains. Amen. 
Okay, so in John 15, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It's typed up on here. It's in verses 4 through 8. It says, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me, abide, oh, sorry, if you live in me, abide vitally united to me and my words, notice this, remain in you and continue to live in your hearts. Ask whatever you will and it should be done for you. Amen. Amen. So there's, you know, he's talking about prayer fruit right here. We can't, we can do nothing apart from Jesus. Amen. But to, to bear fruit in our lives, even prayer fruit, that means there is a connection. We have to be connected to the vine. Prayer fruit, it's for those that are abiding. It's for those that are abiding in the vine. Amen. And in verse 7, I really like this. It says, my words remain in you and continue to live. Continue. That means it wasn't there once. We continue in the word. Amen. So it, it must be resupplied. The word of God in our heart must be resupplied. It's like fixing my hair. It's, you know, it may look good tomorrow morning. I don't know. But I mean, in three days, if I don't do anything with it, it's not going to look good. Well, maybe it will. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> probably not. Okay. It's probably not. We, I have to continue to brush it. <laughs> I have to continue to take a shower. I have to continue. You know what I mean? The word has to continually be put into us. And I like this. It continues to live. If something's living, it's active. It's active. It's move. Yeah, there's movement. There is movement with it. If the word is not active in your life, well, it's not, it's not alive. <laughs> it's not alive. Things that are living move. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we're going to get scriptural about our praying. Amen. And you know what? In verse 8 it says, when you bear fruit, when you bear that fruit, that prayer fruit or any fruit, my Father is honored and glorified and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. Look, God is not glorified when our prayers are not answered. He doesn't get any glory from that. In fact, it leaves people on the outside going, you know, that... Nothing's happening for them. Why should I be a part of that? <clears throat> so God doesn't get glory, honor when we, when we pray something and it doesn't come to pass. Amen. So, but, but we have to be accurate. We have to be scriptural for it to, to work. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I like this. Chris made the comment that one of the very greatest things you could ever do is learn to pray effectively. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so he's been talking about the keys to an effective prayer life. 
Because we can, we can do things but not be effective at it. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We can do, just think about anything you do. Right. You can do it half-heartedly and, right. or not know how really to do it, but try to do it, and it's not effective. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So the first thing, I'm just going to just slightly review. He does this all the time. My <laughs> reviews will, you know, he does this all the time. You, can anybody in here tell me that very first one? Don't look at your notes. Don't let you, yeah, did you, yeah, that's it. Okay, praise God. Well, you can, you don't have to pay attention in this part. <laughs> You've got a pass right now. That is the first thing, is establish yourself in righteousness. Amen. When you go to somebody, just like a parent or a friend or somebody, and you want to ask them something, if you aren't sure about, like, are they mad at me right now, or how do they feel about me right now, um, you're not going to be confident, are you? You're not going to be confident in asking or requesting something from them. So that's what it means by righteous. Are you in right standing? Are you, What kind of ground are you on with God? Are you on solid ground? Are you on shaky ground? You know? And so we need to know this in order to be confident in our request to God. Amen. But the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us where we stand with God. Amen. And in, turn over to first, or not, not first, second Corinthians 517. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Second Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise God. Okay, in Second Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So good news. Good news. It's not about what you did. It's not about anything you've done. Amen. If you are in Christ, if you have trusted in the Lord Jesus as your Savior, it's it's not about what you've done. Right. I mean, this right here says that all those things that are trying to tell you that you're not worthy. That's a that's a common thing, right? I'm not I don't feel worthy enough. Like that God's going to hear me or answer me because of something I've done or something I didn't do and I should have. Right. Right. These are the things that try to to come in and tell us, well, make us unsure. Make us unsure that he's going to answer our prayer or even hear us. But this, this right here, this scripture tells us that those things are gone. Those things have passed away. They're gone. Amen? And it's not about anything that we can do. We can never be good enough. That should be freeing, right? That should be freeing that it's not based on anything we've done. Amen? We can stand before God with confidence and boldness just because of Jesus alone. Praise God. That's good news. That is good news. So that is the number one key that we, we need to, we need to approach with boldness. Praise God. In Hebrews 4.16, I'll just read it. Um, it says, 
Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. We don't have to go crawling to God. Amen. Amen. No, this says that we can come boldly. Amen. We can come boldly. And before you pray, you may need to just meditate on that right. scripture. Mm-hmm. That all old things have passed away. All things have become new. Mm-hmm. This, the Bible says I can approach boldly and with confidence the throne of grace. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So establish yourself in righteousness. God's righteousness. Yeah. Not your own. Amen. Amen. Okay, praise God. The second key he gave was to maintain a right heart and a clear conscience. Conscience. That's a hard word to say. (laughs) All right. Um, You know, we have legal standing with God, but you can have broken fellowship. And he went over this. It's kind of just like with natural parents. You... Faith is not it. None of my kids are here, guys. None of my kids are here. They they are always my child. There's always that relationship. But they can do something to really damage the the fellowship. Okay? Same way with God. You're his child if you've trusted in Jesus. Um, but you can do things that will damage that, that relationship, that fellowship. Amen. And so we've got to maintain a right heart and a clear conscience. You notice God doesn't condemn us because the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise God. But your heart can condemn you. First John three, nineteen through twenty two. It says, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. That's how we have confidence. If our heart's not condemning us, we have, we can be confident. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. As a Christian, you should want to do the right thing. Praise the Lord. You should want to do the right thing. Do we always do the right thing? No, we don't always do the right thing. Um, everybody can miss it. Everybody can miss it. But you should want to do the right thing. And so when you realize... That you have not done the right thing. <laughs> what do you need? To, you just need to repent. Yeah. You just need to repent. In turn, and repent means I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go this way. Amen. I'm going to get away from that area. Okay. First um, John, excuse me, one nine. You don't need to turn there, but it says that all we have to do is confess our sins to God, right? And He is faithful and just to forgive us. Yes. In a story. In a story. So. You're going to have confidence. You're going to be effective in your prayer when you keep a clear conscience. Amen. Okay? Because then you don't have you don't have to battle with your mind. Yeah. Amen. Okay? Um, when you go to pray. Amen. Praise, God. Praise God. Okay, the third key 
Praise the Lord. The third key is to build your prayer life on the word. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. Remember, John fifteen seven. it says, If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Remember, when we get scriptural, we're going to have results. Amen. When we're scriptural in how we're praying and when we're scriptural in what we're praying. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. But you need to find out what the Bible has to say. When you go to pray, we're talking about, remember, we're talking about the prayer to obtain. Mm -hmm. You're going to get an answer from God. You're asking something from Him. You need to know what does the Bible say about that. Okay, because you don't want to pray something that's not even, that is totally contrary to the Word. Like if you're praying for healing, but you don't know that it's God's will to heal, or that it's His will to heal every time, you're not going to be effective praying for that. Right. Amen. We got to get scriptural in what we're praying. Yes. Amen. Amen. So it's not prayer is not always the first thing we should do. Yeah. Sometimes we need to go to the word first. Okay, and find out what the word says about your situation. Um, I I liked this point when I was listening to Brother Hagen earlier today. Um, about praying for lost loved ones. How many times have, have we prayed something like, or you've heard somebody pray something like, oh, well, Lord, save Aunt Sally. Lord, save Aunt Sally. Okay. Did you know that's not scriptural? Right. To pray like that? Yeah. Now, God does have something to say about how we can pray for people that are not saved. You don't, uh, I'm going to turn there. You don't have to go there. Um, because some of you may be in the situation about lost loved ones that don't know Jesus yet. Um, in Matthew 9, you can pray like this. In Matthew 9, remember we, we're finding out what the Bible, how does the Bible say we can pray about this? Matthew 9, 37 and 38. He's talking about, you know, Jesus is moved with compassion for people, right? And he says in verse 37, he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. Man, there is a harvest of souls out there. There is a harvest out there ready to be reaped of people who do not know Jesus. And it says right here that the laborers are few. Therefore... Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Amen. Amen. How those people are going to get saved is God will, if you pray this, pray, you could pray something like, Lord, I pray that you would send labors across Aunt Sally's path. Lord, some of it she would listen to. Okay. Because people get saved by hearing the good news, right? That's how they're going to get saved. They're going to hear the good news. Okay, and so you need God to send somebody across their path. Just Lord save Aunt Sally. That's not going to do it. But Lord send a laborer to Aunt Sally. Somebody that she's going to listen to, Lord. That's going to make a connection. Amen. And you you stand on that. 
Okay. And most likely, Aunt Sally is not going to listen to you. <laughs> you know, you know Aunt Sally. She's probably not going to listen to you. <laughs> you know, because a lot of times family don't want to hear anything what you have to say about it. Okay, but she'll listen to somebody. She will listen to somebody, and God knows who that person is. Amen. That's how we can pray effectively for our lost loved ones. Amen. Amen. So, and you may think, you may think that you know how to pray about a situation. Okay, because of something that religion has taught us, or we've heard somebody else do it a certain way. But maybe you just need to verify. Quit thinking that you always know, especially if you've been praying and nothing's been happening, then you're probably, there's something along the way that's not, that you're not doing right. It could be just a very small thing. Okay. But the word will, the word will instruct us. The word will tell us what we're doing wrong so we can fix it. Amen. Praise God. So that's the, that's the third one. Praise the Lord. Okay. So I'm going to go just for the last few minutes here and give you, he had five. I'm going to finish them tonight. (laughs) I'm going to finish them. I'm going to give you four and five. And we'll see where he picks up next week. Okay. But the okay, key four to praying effectively, the prayer to obtain is when you pray, release faith. Amen. Remember I said there's a lot of prayers going out. Right. But they could be empty prayers. Okay. Right. They could be empty prayers. and Because you know what? Praying alone is not the answer. Praying, uh, praying alone was the answer. Everyone would have their prayers answered. You're right. Amen. So what's missing is faith. Yes. You know, I'd rather have one, per- one person praying in faith Amen. for me than a thousand people praying for me that don't have any faith. <laughs> Okay, you need to really, honestly, you need to be careful about who you ask to pray for you. Because what are they going to be praying? Are they going to be praying the word? Are they going to be praying, well, Lord, if it's your time, go ahead and take them home. I mean, I don't want people praying that for me. <laughs> you know? If I'm, if I'm a... If I'm 29 years old, say, <laughs> and I happen to end up in the hospital or something, which, you know, praise the Lord, we're kept. But I don't want somebody coming in my room praying, Lord, maybe it's her time to go. You know, you just need to know who's praying for you. What are they going to pray? And are they going to pray in faith? Because if not, it'd be better to have one person. It would be better to have one person that's going to pray in faith. So be be careful if you're in the habit of oh pray for me about this or pray for me that you need to know something about who's who you're asking to pray for you. What kind of results do they get? Are they negative people? If you're look, I don't even know why I said that, but if you're a negative person, you're not going to be praying in faith. Don't ask negative people to be praying for you. That's the Holy Ghost. Because I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't write that. I didn't think it is. That's the Holy Ghost. Don't ask negative people to pray for you. Amen. Praise God. 
Praise God. So when you pray, you're going to release faith. Let's look at um, two places. Mark eleven twenty four. Don't ask negative people. You can put that on the Facebook post. (laughs) Don't ask negative people to pray for you. Because are they going to be negative when they get some doubt trying to come in their head about your situation? Are they going to start speaking negative about it and undo everything that you've already tried to accomplish? Yeah. Okay, Mark eleven twenty four. it says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Okay, Matthew 21, 22, it says something very similar. I like that. I'm going to, don't ask negative people to pray. <laughs> okay. Matthew twenty one twenty two, it says, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Okay. So, remember, remember, we're gonna when we pray, if if He's abiding in us and we're abiding in Him, the Word's abiding in us. We're not gonna pray something that's not in the Word. Right. Okay. And so, whatever things you ask, and you're going to be asking in line with the word, believe that you receive them and you will have them. When do you receive? You receive it when you pray. And you're going to receive it by faith. Amen. Amen. You don't receive it when you, when you see it. You receive it when you pray. Amen. Praise God. Um, so, Prayer alone does not accomplish. Prayer alone does not accomplish. Faith must be present. Amen. Amen. Faith must be present. And, you know, faith is founded on something, and it's founded on the Word. And so that's how you get faith present. If you got the Word on it, then faith, you've got grounds. You've got standing for your faith. Amen. You've got something to latch on to. And faith is like the active ingredient. I like that. In any product, there is an active ingredient. And that's, that's what does the work. So that faith being in your prayer, that's what's going to do the work. That's what's going to be active and produce the desired result. And so, like, when I go and buy all that expensive skincare moisturizer, <laughs> that has some active ingredients, right? That, that's why the, the price tag. Okay, and you got to know if that didn't do anything. Like if it if it had the same result as me, uh, you know, slathering on ketchup on my face or something, <laughs> I wouldn't be. It wouldn't be worthless, right? It would be worthless. And I almost like hate to say it, but like prayer without faith is worthless. Prayer without faith is pointless. It's a waste of your time. <laughs> so, you need that active ingredient. Amen. If I forget to put yeast in my bread mix, I mean, it's not going to do. It's not going. It's going to fail to rise. Okay, it needs an active ingredient, and so your prayer needs an active ingredient. 
And it's called faith. Amen. Amen. So when you pray, you're going to release your faith then. And you're not going to... You're not going to receive it when, when you actually, when it shows up. No, you're going to receive it at the asking. And you're going to receive it with your faith. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, remember this. Faith is believing. Faith is believing. In its simplified form, faith is believing. It's believing that what God says is true simple. If God's word says it, and maybe we don't understand something we read, okay? If you don't understand something you read, spend time meditating in it. Maybe there's some things God needs to show you before you can, before your faith is stirred in that way. Amen? But it will. It will if you just stick with it, okay? But if God's word says it, then then we should believe it. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that God's word is true. You can stand on it, except, you know, when it looks really bad. And in that, in that case, that it, it just probably won't work. Or it may not work. Maybe it just not, it may not work in that situation. It never says anything like that in there. In fact, you know, the Bible totally discards anything that we can look at in the natural. To know if God's word is going to work or not. Doesn't the Bible say that those who come to him must believe that he is? Just coming to God, you must believe that he is. Everything you do with God, you must believe something. So just coming to God, you have to believe that he is. Amen. That's that's exercising faith. Amen. And so... Uh, faith is believing, period. And when? When is it believing? It's believing. It's believing right now. I have it right now. Amen. If we've got the word for it, we can believe that it's right now. Amen? Amen. Um, I want to say this. Don't pray in fear. Don't pray in fear because fear and faith, they don't go together. Fear will sabotage your faith. And it'll make it ineffective. Amen. It will like neutralize that active ingredient. <laughs> it's going to be like, nope, not today. You know, fear. Uh, you can't work in faith and fear at the same time. And so sometimes you need to take time to get out of fear. Get out of fear before you pray. Amen. Get out of fear before you pray. And how do you do that? You meditate on the word. The word's the answer. The word is the answer. The word, if you're in fear, that word that says, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When negative thoughts, you know, Satan's just, he's not nice. (laughs) You notice he doesn't, I don't know, like, Kids, for instance, or you know, he doesn't try to, or even adults, look, he doesn't try to come during the daytime when everything's rosy and all that to try to, you know, he waits for a vulnerable moment, like at night when you're by yourself and nobody's available to talk to. He waits for that to, for fear to try to creep in. Amen. But we know his strategies. 
God's like, that's, this is his strategy. Here's how you fix it. You know, he's a liar. (laughs) Satan is a liar. If he's talking, he's lying. Okay. So whatever he's trying to get you afraid of, he's lying. Unless you latch hold of it and start believing it. Okay. Just know when fear tries to come, uh, deal with it right then and there. Don't let it sit around and fester. No, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And you just keep on. Meditate on that. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind is not afraid. A sound mind is calm. A sound mind is not rushing around with all the scenarios. Amen. You meditate on that scripture, we'll run out fear. Amen. Fear is a spirit. Amen. You're right. We have authority, yes. don't we? We have authority to say, no, fear, I bind you in Jesus' name. Yes. Get, get out of here in Jesus' name. Yeah. Now, when you try to come back, he will. When he figures out, okay, she's not going to let me run over her this time. He will leave, right? But he will try to come back. He will try to come back. But we know the answer. We answer him with a word. No, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You start meditating on that, you're going to rise up and you're going to be like, hey, you get out of here, Satan, in Jesus' name. Take your fear with you. Right? Amen. So before you go praying, you need to get out of fear. Because your faith's not going to work with fear there. Amen. You you get more of the word in you than the problem in you. You know, so we we gravitate towards what we're putting our attention on. So if we're only thinking about the problem, well, that's the direction we're headed. Okay, so we got to make the word bigger. Got to make the word bigger in our life. Amen. And then we'll be able to pray in faith. Praise God. Praise God. So what was that one? That was when you pray, release your faith. It is a necessary ingredient to effective prayer. Without it, you're you're wasting your breath. Praise God. All right. We're doing good. The fifth key here is, is stay with it. Don't give up. How many times have you prayed, and I'm saying an answered prayer, okay? You've had an answered prayer. But when you prayed, oh, boom, there it was, right there. Now, maybe sometimes that happens, okay? But a lot of times, there is a space of time between prayer and when you see it. Okay? So what do you do during that time? You're not going to give up, are you? You're not going to let it go. Praise God. The real fight of faith, it says that we should fight the good fight. We fight the fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. It's not, it's not a fight of, you know, getting your prayer, prayer answered. It's a fight to stand your ground. Amen. And that, that fight of faith, you know, it really doesn't begin until you pray. (laughs) When you pray, okay, that's when the fight's on. That's when the fight's on. He's like, okay. The devil's like, okay, you think you want to believe that? Yeah. Right. Uh, it, it's a fight of faith with the devil, 
But you know what? Sometimes we're fighting with our own mind. <laughs> so we got more trouble with ourselves than the devil a lot of times. Okay? We can try to blame the devil for everything. And sometimes it's us. You know? So, you know? He's like, I know I'm bad, but why are you trying to put that on me? <laughs> you know, like, I'm already doomed. Okay? You're trying to put on your faults on me, too. Okay, but... Yeah, we have we fight with our own mind sometimes. It wants to argue. It wants to argue with the word. It wants to argue with what we're standing on. But God really didn't mean that. He didn't. And yes, he healed people, but they were not as bad off as you. Okay. And yes, he raised from the dead. But you know, that was back then. <laughs> that was for back that was the olden days, okay? He doesn't do those things now. Okay? Um so our mind will argue, the devil will argue, he'll get in on it, you know, but anyway, there's lots of arguments that try to rise up against and that's the fight of faith. That's when the fight of faith is on. Praise God. And it's a fight to stand your ground. It's think of it like fishing. Okay, we've cast that line out there. With, that's our faith has grabbed hold of something, right? And we're reeling it in. That's the space of time. Okay, we've caught it. It's ours. That's our victory. We're reeling it in. But, you know, doubt and the devil's going to try to snatch that off there before it gets to you. So what do we do in that space of time? Because, you know, that fish, most of the time, they're trying to get it away Right? Most of them aren't hopping out of the water. Some of them maybe, maybe they're hopping out of the water where you can see it. But let's just pretend none of them are hopping out of the water right now. And so you're not seeing that fish. But you know it's on the line and you're bringing it in. Uh, but you know that branch is under the water. Or if it's strong enough, it'll try to pull off the line. Amen. It'll cause you to, sometimes that struggle could cause you to just let it go. And so that's the fight of faith. Is you, You're going to keep on reeling it in. As hard as it wants to fight you. I mean, I imagine trying to pull in a shark is probably a lot harder than pulling in a minnow. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you probably can't even pull in a minnow on a line, but you know what I mean. Whatever the smallest fish. I don't go fishing, people. Okay. I buy them at the store. <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean? It would be a a lot harder of a fight, I'm sure. Or the barracuda, who, whatever, is really strong. Okay? That's going to be harder to pull in. Well, it could be that way in in things you're believing for. Some things may just come easier than other things, but that doesn't mean it's not worth the fight. doesn't mean it's not, and it's not a struggle like in the natural. It's just, I'm going to stand my ground. And... You know what we don't do? We don't keep asking for it. Because if you've asked God for something and you're standing on the word for something, remember, we received it when we prayed. If we received it when we prayed, why would we ask again for it? Yeah? Why would we ask again for it? So we're, we stand our ground with our words. Amen? And the best words are the word of God. 
in our mouth. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that his word, when he speaks words out of his mouth, they don't return to him void. That means they don't come back to him not having accomplished what he sent them out to do. I mean, I've used that alone as, you know, when I've needed to be healed sometimes. I'll quote the scriptures about healing in Isaiah or Second Peter or First Peter. And then I'll remind God. That's what you do. He wants you to remind him. He wants you to remind him. Say, God, you know what your word says? Your word says it doesn't return to you void. And so this word, by his stripes I'm healed, that word does not return to you void. Means as it's, as I'm returning that word to God by speaking it out, it's doing a work. Amen. It's doing a work. Hallelujah. And we also reel it in by thanksgiving. If I said, uh, I've got a million dollars, I'm wiring it to your bank account, you wouldn't just go, oh, okay. That would be weird, wouldn't it? If, if people were just totally not enthused about it. <laughs> not enthused at all, like I'm sending a million dollars to your bank account. No? You'd be like, oh my gosh, thank you. You would be ecstatic. You'd be jumping. I bet I'd see some sides of you guys I'd never seen before. <laughs> you would totally lose all, you know. What is the word? Inhibition. Yeah, like you're going to be acting crazy fool up in here. If I said I'm going to give you a million dollars and I've wired it to your account. Yeah, y'all be acting crazy. Okay. You'd be thanking me. And you'd be sincere in your thanks. Well, you know what? If God says I'm going to heal your body. Or I have you. He's already done it. He's already provided it. Uh, and you really believe. Yeah. That you've received that? Even if you haven't seen it yet. I mean, you don't see that million dollars yet in your account, but I said I was wiring it. And you're grateful right then, right? You didn't just like, okay, whatever, you know, until you actually saw it. Now, you'd be, you'd be checking on it all the time, you know, when did that show up? No, like if you really believe God has answered your prayer, you're going to be thanking him for it. And you're not going to be waiting until it shows up or you see it. Now, you're going to be thanking him right away, right when he said he did it. Amen? That would be silly. So, look, we're going to be scriptural. Let's get scriptural about our praying. We're going to see a lot more results. Amen? We're going to see a lot more fruit in our prayers when we get scriptural about it. Praise God. Did y'all get anything tonight? Amen? Well, y'all can stand. Praise God.